Dear Grandma. Dear close friend. Dear girl I saw at a rope score. Dear guy who knows what he did. Dear mom. Dear, 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 dearest. I wrote it all down on a few pages of a composition notebook. Tore them out carefully. Walked them to his doorstep. Knocked and walked away. You're listening to Dearest. I'm Claire Brennan. My junior year of college, I was in love. With too many first emotions boiling to the surface, the only thing I could think to do was write them all down. I'd leave my scribblings for him to find. He'd understand. Everything would be fine after that. I'd read too many Jane Austen novels, apparently. I love letters. I've jotted them down on post-it notes, folded them into paper footballs and passed them in class, carefully handwritten them, and given them away with personalized mixtapes. I love seeing my handwriting saying what I feel. I love getting it, whatever it is, off my chest. But letters aren't always fair. They're poetic and idealistic, but they only tell one half of a story. There's no space in the margins for conversation, no room between the lines for an answer. For all the letters I've sent, they never seemed to solve what I thought needed solving. But what if we could capture the honesty of letter writing without the letdown of actually sending it? What if we gave our most honest thoughts to a stranger and had them send it for us? That's where Dearest comes in. The premise is simple. Anonymous letters read aloud. We've collected writings of confession and love notes, grievances and grieving from all kinds of sources. Letters of quiet longing, repressed anger, loss, humor, and gratitude. The possibilities are endless, but we have three simple rules. One, write it to someone, the person sitting next to you, the one who isn't here anymore. Former boss, childhood pet, half-sister, future father-in-law, living or dead, whatever. Someone or something in your life who means something to you. Two, keep it anonymous. No names, nowhere. Three, we'll accept hate mail, but no hate speech. Once we have our letters... We hand them off to some actor friends of mine who build characters using only the clues on the page. The result is performative and personal. So join us. Together, we'll hear our stories told, say things for the first time, move on, start something new. These, dearest listener, are for you. Enjoy. Dear friend slash crush slash safety net, I think you're in Europe right now, which is funny because I probably woke you up by texting you in the middle of the night, my morning. Hi. Here are all the things I want to say to you. One, that afternoon after my brother's graduation when we sat close to each other on your floor and read each other our writing, I wanted to kiss you. 
After that part where you talked about the staircase to the moon, I was entranced. Two. I don't think I can go to your wedding. I've thought about it. I really have. Three. I wrote so much embarrassing love poetry about you in elementary school. Trust me, it was bad. Four. One of my favorite memories is us on the top of our friend's roof in the rain with a towel over our heads watching the fireworks, the kind you feel in your chest. I've always felt you like that. A boom. Five. You said we'd live in the same house one day. I'm gonna take you up on that. One day. That's it, I guess. Of course not, it's all I can remember though. We were watching a short film in Spanish the other day about a man calling into a radio station to tell them about his crush on the woman in the car next to his and to tell her that her scarf was stuck in the car door. She listened. For a while, she didn't understand. What a feeling to be talked about without your knowledge. He asked her on a date. It had a happy ending. You know how it goes. Maybe this one will too. All my love. You. You utter rancid bagel. You egg salad sandwich who has made it their personal mission to ruin my life. You're mad with power and you're just so stupid. You're so stupid. Holy hell. Please go die in several fires until the flames burn away the last ounces of stupid. Please. Unfortunately yours, me. Dearest me, you are not a fucking Barbie doll. You will never be able to perfectly adapt to what everyone wants and expects of you. You will never not be scared. You will never be the perfect daughter that your dad and grandma wanted. You will never enjoy math or science. Please, try to be you. It's hard, but somewhere deep down you're terrified that you've lost whoever you might have been. But you are more than a broken heart and a broken brain and a broken perspective of the world. You are more than just broken. And I love you, so... Please. Chin up and smile because you want to. Smile because... You finally memorized the name of that actress on your favorite TV series. Smile because you're starting university, and that is something no one in your family has done before. Smile because even if you're broken, that is the way your friends like you, and it's perfect. Dear old man, it's been over three years since we had to put you down. I love you, and I miss you. Present tense. You were the best dog a girl could ever have, past, present, and future. This isn't a dig at other dogs. It just means you will always have a special place in my heart. When I talk about you, 
It sparks a memory of something I read in middle school. These kids were talking about their old dog and how they talked about their new dog in relation to the old one. Used phrases like, best dog in the world, or best dog alive. It's a small thing, a way to honor the dead. But I'm putting no modifiers for you. Blanket statement, best dog ever. You were still alive during the divorce. You went with mom, and we stayed with dad. The whole thing was hard on everybody. I can still picture you stress panting in that cramped box-filled apartment. I was barely holding together. Even one of the other dogs stopped eating. We were all lost without you. But then was better than now. Some is better than none. It was a Saturday. I remember because of the classwork I had to do. Friday, everything was fine. Saturday morning, we got the call you were sick. Saturday afternoon, we spent our last hours with you. Saturday night, we saw the musical put on by my high school each year. Sunday, I drowned my grief. It was a Saturday in April. It's not your fault, but that musical is tainted now. <laughs> I can still listen to it sometimes, but only on good days. It was hard to even go to any more shows at school. I would leave rehearsal crying, and you wouldn't be there to comfort me. I love you. Your soft brown eyes and the way your thick black fur grayed. I loved how you let me lay my head on your ribs and read out loud. I miss the way that no one could pronounce your name. <laughs> I miss how your only tricks were to sit and speak. <laughs> I miss you. Thanks for growing up with me. I love you. I'll see you again one day. Dear love of mine, more often than not, I'm glad our interests differ. I never have a day pass with you that I don't learn something new. And you're so patient with me when I forget the things that I can't help but desperately want to remember. But I'm also glad because I have so many different ways to express how I feel that would be new to you. And I want you to feel as fascinated and amused by the things I want to express as I do with those you so effortlessly explain. I know you don't have any confidence in your ability to do so. You're so sure that you hide behind a wall of ice. And, and you do hide behind a wall of swords, but it isn't ice. It, it can't be ice when you laugh at my terrible jokes and somewhat reckless antics. And it can't be ice when you try to hold me on days when I'm scared. It's, it's a wall of hesitance. And I would wait forever for the day that that wall comes down. I won't push. I'm all right just being like this with you, as long as I can make you laugh and smile. If I'm not capable of being for you what you are to me, then I'll accept it, and I'll understand it. I doubt I could be as fascinating as you are, with your clever jokes and teasing grins and subtle sign language. <laughs> that drives me insane. I can't believe you taught me signs, only to tease me by signing at me when you know no one else understands. <laughs> Well, don't ever stop. Would you recognize this letter if you heard it? Read it? I doubt it. 
at least not at first. I never speak or write like this, except for those little stories that I show you sometimes. Someday when I'm wiser, when I've got more practice under my belt, I'll write you entire galaxies, worlds and cultures, all new and exciting right at your fingertips. I'll write you brave adventures and earth-shattering romances and characters you'd give your heart to a hundred times over even when you know they're in the wrong. I'll write something to fascinate you someday. I just hope you'll stick by me till then. Signed with love. Dear first boyfriend, you are my first and only boyfriend. Being 16 is hard. I broke up with you when I realized I was gay. I nearly threw up on the walk to your house to tell you. I was so nervous. I worried that your self-esteem would take a hit, that you'd believe lies about what my sexuality means about your masculinity. I needn't have worried. You did everything right on that day. You sighed with relief and told me you loved me. We both thought we'd always be friends. You supported my drawing and I supported your comedy. We fantasized about a day when I would illustrate your celebrity memoir. Three years down the line, you discouraged me from watching your stand-up. You said seeing me in the crowd would make you nervous. That made sense. I gave you space. One Wednesday night, a mutual friend of ours saw you at an open mic in Dallas. He started recording once he realized where the joke was headed. Our friend played it for me later, and my mouth opened in shock. I didn't hear the setup, but the punchline was clear. Your first girlfriend was a lesbian. Isn't that hilarious? It didn't get a laugh. That would have broken me completely. But I couldn't help but wonder, how can these strangers support me better than you? I don't even like the word lesbian. I've only ever called myself gay. The fall from girlfriend to best friend to punchline stung. I was hurt you did not ask. I was hurt that you did not tell me. Today, I've mostly forgiven you. You were 19. Who isn't stupid at 19? I'm not mad about the joke, but I do mourn the lost friendship. I stopped trusting you, and now too many years have passed. I wish you well. I hope you have loyal friends in your life. I hope you don't sell out those friends for a moment of laughter from an audience of strangers. Love, your first girlfriend. The voices you heard on today's episode were those of Emma Boyden, Andrew Cutler, Alex Goodman, Emily Shimsky, Ari Thompson, and Tina Munoz-Pandia. Dearest relies totally on our listeners' letters, so send us yours. You can email us at dearestpodcast at gmail.com or submit at dearestpodcast.com, where you can also find out more about us, our live events, and sign up for our newsletter. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at dearestpodcast. This podcast is produced by me, Claire Brennan, and Sarah Hurd. We'd like to thank the composer of this episode's music, Chris Day, our graphic and social team of Dom Kindler, Sarah Barnett, and Monami Maxted. 
Paul and Quinn Rice and the Maiden Voyage Cafe for hosting our launch here in Chicago, Illinois. And you, dearest listener, thank you for listening. This has been a dirty volume production. This has been a dirty volume production. <laughs> this has been. This has been. This has been. This has been a dirty, dirty volume, volume production. production. <laughs> okay, I think we got it. I have no idea what to say. <laughs> <laughs>